Welcome to another episode of The Outlet. I'm your host, Mac, joined by always as super with super producer, Lape. What up, Lop? Today, we are uh, blessed to be uh, joined by OKC Thunder's own Chason Randall, or shall I say Chasen, my fault, Big Chase. How you, do, how you doing, brother? I'm great. I'm great. Blessed to be here, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here, man. You know, just to kind of give you the heads up, brother, man, uh, you know, we started this podcast really about a couple months ago. It's picked up some nice uh, traction based on people really talking about their, their journey, man, and really talking about their story. And the biggest feedback we've gotten is just, you know, everybody is on a journey out here, man. Everybody's kind of, you know, facing, you know, the pandemic, facing whatever circumstances they're having. And the one commonality is that we all kind of have to take a marathon type approach and, and take it day by day. And so for you to make the time to join us, man, we, we really do appreciate that. Um, with that being said, man, I'm going to kick it right to you. Can, you. can you go into a little bit about kind of your background, uh, your journey, and we'll just go from there? Yeah, no doubt. Um, so like I said, I'm, I'm blessed to be here. Thanks for having me. Um, you said my name, Chasen Randall. Um, I'm from Rock Island, Illinois. Born and raised, um, small town in the Quad Cities. It's probably two and a half hours from Chicago. Um, you know, I was fortunate enough to, to play basketball there and, um, you know, win a state championship with, with a group of, you know, my childhood friends. Um, the first in our school's history. So that was, that was pretty dope in like 101 years. That was pretty cool. Um, and then went on to Stanford. Um, you know, played four years of basketball there, earned a, earned a scholarship and, um, you know, got my degree. And, you know, since then I've been, you know, fortunate enough to be a professional basketball player. I call myself a professional basketball player for the last six years. So uh, I've been all over uh, China, uh, freaking Czech Republic, um, Spain, and, and, you know, had some stints in the NBA. So, um, you know, it's been fun for me. I've been blessed. Uh, and just grateful for to call basketball, you know, my life and 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 um, a part of my life and, and and a job. You know what I mean? Uh, at the end sure. of the day, so, yeah. Man, let, let me know. So so tell me back to high school a little bit. Um, you know, you're not that old, brother. So you know, we, we, <laughs> we, we we're gonna touch on that. So, you know, coming out uh, top 100. Um, how, how'd you how'd you arrive on the decision to go to Stanford? Uh, for me. It was about, it was a lot of things that went into it. Um, you know, from a basketball side, Coach Johnny Dawkins was recruiting me. Um, and then, you know, Coach Mike Schrage, Um, They were like, you know, once they decided that they wanted to start recruiting me, they were always there. It seemed like I, wherever tournament we were in, one of them was there. Um, but one thing that stuck out to me was I went and played with USA Basketball when I was 17 um, in the world championships in, in Germany. And this is like during July. So it's like recruiting period for big recruiting period for, um, you know, high school kids and college coaches and stuff to be on the circuit. And um, coach Dawkins has stayed out in Germany the whole, you know, month and a half we were there in, um, in Germany. So I'm like, man, this dude, he's focused on me. And he's like, you know, when he could talk to me, he's like, yo, this is what you got to do. Like, this is where we see you playing. Like he's, he's, he's plotting, you know what I mean? So, um, 
you know, that stuck out to me from a basketball standpoint, um, as well as, you know, Stanford being a, a academic school and um, me having an opportunity to, to, to get a degree from there with what that could do to my life. Um, and then like, I just wanted to, like from a legacy standpoint, it was like, I wanna make my mark in, in, on my community. Nobody from my community has seen anybody leave the state of Illinois or the Quad Cities and go and do, you know, amazing things on a basketball court or you got alone in the classroom, you know what I'm saying? So it was like, how can I um, inspire the next generation of kids to, um, you know, want to want to go, you know what I mean? And just go for their goals, go for their dreams and, 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 and live, you know what I mean? Um, so that's what it was about for me. And, you know, it came down to Stanford, Illinois and Purdue. And, um, you know, I chose, I chose Stanford. So. Nice. Nice. Now, uh, coach Dawkins, man, what, what kind of jewels did, did you get from him from just from your experience being up under him? I know you, you spent four years, correct? Yeah, yeah, I spent four years there um, with him and the staff that um, he assembled. Um, he was amazing, though. You know, just players coach. Um, you know, he's from the D.C. area, so. Um, the legend. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, but a great basketball mind. Um, he was always, you know, trying to prepare me for the next level, um, being a pro and, you know, being the best that I could be. Um, you know, and we grew together. I feel like, you know, I came in um, just to score, you know what I mean? He helped me develop my game into more of a playmaker, being able to run a team um, and all of that. And, you know, the staff also did a great job. Charles Payne, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the name, but he was out there with us. He's also from DC. Um, you know, he's a scout for the Nets now. and He was amazing for us um, in terms of that preparation and, and, and trying to prepare us to be pros. And, seeing the seeing the potential in us um it was an amazing time at stanford man i had um dwight dwight powell there who was a player um he plays for the dallas mavericks now and you know anthony brown was drafted by the lakers and josh is drafted by okc and a bunch of talent you know what i mean um we ended up winning uh two nits and then you know we went to the sweet 16 during my my four years there um was you out there with the brother with the big afro i forget the brother's name uh Childress? No, no, no. I was, I was <laughs> there with Childress. <laughs> no, no, no. But he's um man, he was he was he was um very influential in, you know, my my um my growth as a player too at Stanford. You know, he would come gotcha. around and um, you know, beat us up in, in open gym and stuff like that and let us know yeah, what he was tough. Yeah, but an Josh NBA Childress player was, was like, man. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure, for sure. So um shout out to Josh Children. Real quick on uh Coach Dawkins and those guys and the staff, one thing I'm really interested in particularly when African-Americans end up going to those PWIs, those real large, um, those large schools. I know those schools bring, bring about a lot of resources, uh, big networks and a lot of opportunities. Uh, how much of a focus is that of that was like Coach Dawkins and his staff to make sure that you guys were able to make the most of not just coming to play basketball for the school, but actually really getting the most out of the school before you left? Yeah, yeah, I would say they did. Um, they were constantly introducing us to people within the Stanford network. Um, they would have us come, you know, they would have people come to talk to us. Um, you know, we had Andrew Yang. I mean, I, 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 not Andrew Yang, but um, 
shoot, I forget his name, but the 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 CEO and founder of Yahoo, like he was he was at practice one day and you know came in and spoke to us and um, you know we had Carol Dweck and uh, who's like a big psychologist and um, you know the list goes on like you know even athletes and Andre Ward and you know just a bunch of different people from the area um, come and speak to us and. Um, you know, th th that was important, you know, for us to be able to, you know, see people in different fields and, and to be able to um, connect. Um, so, yeah, they definitely right. did a great job of introducing us to people in the network and stuff. That's what's up, man. I just I just think it's so important that, you know, if we're going to, uh, you know, take our take, take our talents to different type of institutions. We got to make sure that we're also getting the benefits. Um, of those institutions, you know what I mean? I mean, it's like so much that can come off of that. So I really, I, especially with it being a black head coach, um, I just really love the fact that if we're gonna open those doors and those opportunities that we're able to kind of give the full the full experience and, right. and not just, you know, not just kind of, you know, use you guys as economics. Cause you know, you look at college basketball right now and it's like this COVID stuff and, you know, stuff's going on and people are trying to make uh, different types of, arrangements so that people can continue to play right. but you know student bodies aren't really even hardly attending school and you know people aren't present but these but these kids got to keep playing so um you know if we're going to be making the sacrifice to be putting the money in the institution's uh pockets you know we, we need to make sure that we're also able to uh reap the reap the benefits of, of of those resources so uh i appreciate you kind of shedding some light on that now yeah. with that being said let's get back to ball man uh let me know how has your experience been since Stanford, man? Let, let, let me know a little bit about your journey post uh, post being all Pac-12. Okay, yeah. So um, fresh out of uh, college, I decided to, I wasn't drafted, went undrafted. I decided to go to um, Europe and play. I started my first year in the Czech Republic. Um, and it was an adjustment, adjustment for me, um, you know, being away from my family for 10 months and, you know, I'm in a foreign country where I don't speak the language and there's, um, you know, other Americans on my team. And thankfully I had them because, uh, you know, they helped me, <laughs> you know, get through that year. Um, but, you know, very successful year. Um, it was honestly one of the most fun years I've had playing basketball. Um, you know, we won the domestic league over there in the Czech Republic. Um, we also were in three different leagues. We played in the VTB league, which is like one of the top European leagues. Um, we played some tough teams over there and we made the playoffs for the first year in the team's um, history in that league. So that was pretty dope. And then um, we also played in the Champions League. So we stayed busy and that was that was the fun part. And, and, and like I said, I had two, uh, two other Americans um, and a Cuban who was like, you know, the best man. Um, we had a lot of fun and uh, I feel like it helped me um, become a better player, you know, just being over there in Europe and getting a taste of that physicality, um, you know, early in my career, being able to play, being able to make mistakes um, and develop, you know what I mean? Um, so that was a great year. And then I came back the next year, um, attended like a few mini camps um, that summer and then was invited to participate in summer league with the Knicks um, and I played there, uh, and, and played well, um, in summer league and ended up getting invited to camp, um, played in camp and was tearing it up, man, until I, I fractured my orbital, um, mm. 
Okay. Yeah, yeah. Like one of the, I think it might have been two games left in, in the preseason or whatever. And, um, you know, they let everything finish. But once preseason was over, like they, they ended up waving me. I had to start in the G League. Um, and, you know, I picked up right where I feel like I was leaving off in, in, in training camp and um, started out hot and earned uh, um, an opportunity to compete for a roster spot in Philly um, that same year. And uh, it was crazy, man. I like, I don't tell people about, you know, this, this experience, but like I got a call um, from my agent. He's like, man, you might have an opportunity to, to, um, you know, earn a 10 day contract with um, Philly. And they brought like me and four other guys into, or three other guys into the workout. And we were going at it, man, just like, full court, you know, picking up, you know, one-on-one, all this type of stuff, two-on-two, everything. And, like, those dudes, like, I feel like that experience made me, like, um, really realize, like, this is a this is a business and you got to be, you got to be cut for it. You know what I mean? Because um, it's, you know, you, you, <laughs> you got to go get it when it's time to get it. Um, and um, I ended up, you know, get, signing on a 10-day, uh, play well in that, and then, um, so out of, all, out, of all the, out of all those four guys, out of all those, out, out of that workout, you were the only one that got the 10 day? I was the only one. Yeah. Only one. Wow. I had one spot, man. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's what's up. So, yeah. so, so that was, I mean, that was that cutthroat, that was that cutthroat competition. Cause I'm sure all y'all was probably good. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it was like, at the end of the day, it was a toss up. You know what I mean? Like, right. like they were in the, you know, the room, the war room, they call it. And they're like, man, it could have went either way. You know what I mean? But, um, you know, so let me ask you, Chase, on real quick. Like, what do you think? What do you think gave you the edge in that situation? I mean, you know, no, no disrespect to none of your competitors, but yeah, what, do you, yeah. what do you feel like was the difference maker in that? Well, in I that think on top scenario? of the fact that, um, I think on top of the fact that I had um, played well and I was, you know, doing well in the G League and stuff and played well in that workout. I think my character, you know, at the end of the day, spoke a lot. Um, you know, these people know knew my background and you know where I come from and attended Stanford and everything and how I treat people and, and everything like that. I think that that was the deciding factor. Um, they knew that, you know, they, I wasn't going to cause any trouble and, you know, right. um, I'd be a good fit. So, yeah. I think, I think it's important that we highlight this right here because the fact of the matter was the opportunity arose. It was close. All mm-hmm. the horses, all the horses, any, any one of the four horses could have won. Yeah, right. I mean, but they chose one and it wasn't necessarily maybe the fact that you were that much more athletic or were that much more quicker than, than your competition. It could have very well been that your your character and your resume leading up to that point right. was might have been a little bit heavier or your, your credit score may have been a little bit higher yeah. than maybe your competition at the time to make you a safer, a safer investment, so yeah. to speak. So I just think in life there's a lot of times where you know, talent wise, it might be a wash, but what does your character bring to the table? You know, is your character differentiating on the good side or is your c- character, you know, making it to the point where people are like, eh, I don't know about this individual. So, you know, kudos, kudos for you to, for, for building up that, that character resume and being able to, and being able to, uh, you know, obviously get the job off of that. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's important to be a good person, man. How you treat people, they'll remember that for, for the rest of their lives. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, I try to be a, a stand-up guy, good dude, and, um, you know, treat people the right way. So, definitely. So, my fault, man. So, you got the 10-day. You got the 10-day. I was in yeah, Philly. 10-day in Philly. Yeah. Um, and, uh, 
that ended up turning into like a, a three-year deal, to be honest. Um, I signed a three-year deal with the, with the, with the Sixers and then um, trade deadline came, you know, they, 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 uh, they traded for traded one guy, got two guys back. And so the numbers, you know, now it's a number game, you know, we got to let somebody go. And I was the, you know, the guy they let go. Um, so I ended up, you know, getting waived by Philly um, and picked up by the Knicks again that, that same year um, okay. and went back to New York, played, finished the season with the Knicks. Um, and a year after that, management changed, you know, guys bringing in new dudes and everything. And um, I ended up getting waived again um, and going to play in uh, Spain with Real Madrid. Um, which was like, again, like I've been blessed, man, to be able to um, travel the world and, and play, play the game of basketball and meet people and, and, and do great things. Um, so there in Madrid, like I was with playing with Luka Doncic, um, Rudy Fernandez, uh, Sergio Yule, um, Anthony Randolph, the, the list goes on, man, like a bunch of top-notch players, um, you know, and if, you, if you're if a basketball fan, I'm sure you, you, you know, you probably know those names. Oh yeah, um, if, definitely. If, if you follow European basketball, you definitely know those names. And uh, yeah, so I was over there in Spain. Um, we ended up winning uh, the, the Spanish league over there and then, you know, EuroLeague championship, which was amazing um, to be a part of. Um, had a lot of fun with those guys on and off the court. And, um, Spain's a beautiful place and it was amazing, man, um, to be able to do that. So I left Spain the next year um, and signed on with the Wizards um, in DC. Uh, and I'm sure you guys, you know, you you, you guys are in DC and know um, what that was like. Um, it was a great, great experience again for me. Um, you know, had to start out in the G League, but ended up making it, um, you know, onto the roster. and. Um, had a lot of fun and, and feel like I got to show a little bit more of my game um, in DC, um, my ability to, to to be a reliable NBA player, um, you know, night in and night out. And, um, you know, from there, I ended up in China last year. And um, that was like a crazy experience um, just to be able to be immersed into that culture um, with, you know, the fans and, you know, their love for the game of basketball and, um, you know, the culture and everything was, was, was pretty cool to see and, and, and witness. Um, but then, you know, Corona happened, COVID, COVID happened and um, I had to leave and came back, signed with the Warriors um, for the last 10 days of the season, nine days of the season. And then that was cut short because of, you know, the NBA season was cut short and then they didn't go to the bubble. Um, but now I'm here, you know what I mean? And OKC, so. Um, you know, on the journey, it's a, it's a, it's definitely a grind. It's been fun, and um, you know, a lot has happened in, in my, you know, five going into six years of being a pro. But I feel like, um, you know, there's lessons that come with it, and there's, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of things to be grateful for. I say so. Yeah. Yeah, Jason, I had the uh, opportunity to meet you out your stop with the Capital City Go-Go and the Washington Wizards organization. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, one thing I noticed, one thing I noticed about you is your character, as uh, Mac alluded to, was very strong. Um, I know you coming from Rock Island, and like you said, a lot of people don't make it out of Rock Island to get to the levels. My question is, 
before I met you, I knew you played with the Knicks. Um, I knew about the Real Madrid stint. What keeps you going, you know, to continue that journey of, you know, trying to show that you, you know, deserve a spot of being on an NBA roster? Because the reason I say that is, you know, a lot of professionals just say, yo, I'm just going to stay overseas because they pay me well. And I know Real Madrid and in China, I know mm -hmm. your bags were hit a little differently than the yeah. G League and the journey. But what makes you, you know, continue going? Uh, for me, it's like, I know I belong, you know, um, once you get a taste of something and, uh, you know, you feel like it's taken away or whatever you want, that's you chasing that, you know, you want the same thing. And, um, you know, for me, it's like, I'm a, I'm a basketball fan at the end of the day. Like, of course, you know, we play to support our families and, um, you know, to make money and things like that. At the end of the day, I, I know I belong in the league, you know, that's what keeps me going. Um, and I want to show that, you know what I mean? I want to continue to show that and um, be able to put out, you know, a body of work at the end of the day that I look at it and say, hey, I did that. You know what I mean? Um, that's what keeps me going. You know, that's that's the driving factor for me. That and then, you know, my family, um, you know, I got nieces and, and nephews and little cousins and stuff who, who aspire to play, you know, in the NBA. And it's like, man, they see, they see me do it and I want to, continue to show them like, hey, man, like you can do it as long as you put the work in, you know, um, you put the work in and you stay confident, you believe in yourself and the sky's the limit because I'm just like them, you know what I mean? Um, they, they watch me grow up and, you know, they see me you know, work every time I'm home, like I make sure I, I pick one or two of them up and take them to the gym with me and they see how we work and everything and, um, you know, just trying to continue to inspire and, uh, you know, uplift the next generation. I know you attended Stanford University. And I know you got a, like a great education out of there and I like, got great networking and resource. But, you know, to basketball fans, you're a point guard and you got like point guard one-on-one with some of the players you just named organizations where you played with John Wall, yeah. you know, another combo guard and Bradley Bill. You went to Real Madrid and saw Luca before Luca came to the league. Mm -hmm. You came back um, from the Corona year and uh, you play with the Warriors, you know, and you got a good burn by the end of the year. And you got to play with, you know, Stephen Curry. What's some of the gems that you learned from them, you know, talking to them, but also, you know, just observing them, you know, studying them and what makes them different? And like, what makes you, cause you know, you're different from touching that 1% of getting to the league, but what makes them different to being elitist? And what have you took from them and taken into your game, but also yeah, to your everyday life? Yeah. Um, so man, you, you, you listed off, um, a bunch of names. Um, and I can pick, you know, things from different guys, um, you know, like for some of them, like I, but there's, there, there's a common theme for me is like work ethic. One, um, all those guys work hard. Um, two, all those guys are super confident in themselves and what they do. And I think, you know, part of that is because of the work that they put in, and then three is like, they love the game. You know what I mean? Like every single one of them love the game of basketball um, from top to bottom. And um, those are like the three takeaways that um, I would say that that are common within some of those players, the special players that you mentioned. Um, and like, I take those those things with me everywhere I go and make sure that, you know, I'm, I'm checking them off. Like, you know, I still love the game. Am I still working hard at it? You know, am I still confident in myself? And if I was, as long as those three things are, 
you know, still there for me. I know I'm on the right track, um, you know, and, and I was fortunate enough to, like you said, to, to uh, be, be mentored, you know, in some way by John, um, you know, in my year in DC and he was, he was amazing, um, you know, to play alongside Luca and, and watch his growth and development and his work ethic, you know, um, that was amazing. Steph, you know, last year for the short amount of time I was with him and seeing him put in the time. You didn't mention Derrick Rose, but um, Derrick, yeah. like that, that was that was like a dream come true for me to to be able to be on a team with him um, in New York. It was like I'm I'm literally like that was a dream. You know what I mean? Like he was the guy that we watched in Illinois, um, you know, and seen do it like you know at that level. Um, so him and then um, Brandon as well, Brandon Jennings, man, he was, he was um, very vital um, to my, that preseason with me in New York, um, just introducing me to being a point guard in the NBA, you know, um, you know, he, he told me what it was like, what it was going to be like um, and how to run the position, you know, being, being vocal and, and all that. So, yeah. yeah. Real quick. Chase, I think, I mean, based on that experience, man, like with John and Steph and Derek, you know, being able to be around all these point guards, um, as things start to even out a little bit or people start to at least get used to the new circumstances, um, what do you think is going to be a key for you moving forward to, to, to stick, you know, to, to really find, to find a home and be able to kind of like, you know, be able to be able to plant your flag? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, um, at the end of the day, it's like consistency, um, consistency and opportunity. Like, you know, there's a lot of things that that go into this that necessarily might not even have stuff to do with basketball. You know, the timing um, of everything has to come together for you. Um, but I think at the end of the day, if I'm controlling the things I can control, you know, and, and putting forth, you know, consistent effort um, every night, um, you know, there's, there's no denying that, you know. Opportunity plus preparation equals success. Yeah, no, no, no doubt. <laughs> you say that. So like, you know, that, that consistent preparation, preparing for what you're looking for, for your goal. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, like you said, um, a team needs somebody, a 10 day pops up, an opening happens, an injury occurs. You never know when you get that call. It's about yep. being ready for that call and then being able to make the most of it. So I just to- to- totally get it, man. And, and we wish you nothing but the best as you continue that NBA journey. Um, shifting over a little bit, man. I mean, you're a role model now, you know, um, you go home, you made it, you know what I'm saying? And I think a big thing about, uh, for us, whether young or old, you know, as you start to ascend, uh, start to see more things. I mean, you traveled the world, uh, you see different cultures, you amassed a whole lot of just, uh, information and, and, and knowledge that you can share with others. Um, how are you choosing to uh, kind of give back to your community, man? Or what are some things you're doing to kind of help build, help build uh, your community stronger? Yeah. So um, like I can speak on the recent, um, like we do a camp every year in uh, Illinois where we kind of, is a free camp, 100% free. Um, and we invite the whole community to come out and, you know, participate our kids from fifth through eighth grade. Um, and we basically teach them, you know, the game of basketball, but we also throw in, you know, some keys that they're, that they're going to need to succeed in life. Um, so we do the basketball drills um, 
and then we also do like four or five classroom sessions where we, you know, we teach them about, or we have them set goals. Um, we teach them about finances um, and, and setting up a bank account and, you know, knowing about all that. And then we also teach them um, about what it, what it means to be an active citizen, um, you know, and what that looks like voting and all that type of stuff. And then um, there's one more I'm forgetting, shoot. There's, one, there's another classroom session that we do um, for the kids as well. And, you know, we give out books and, you know, all that type of stuff. It's, for me, it's like these kids, like some of them, they come to the camp because they love the game of basketball and they want to be good at it. But then there's others who their parents might just be like, hey, man, I got to get you off my hands for, for a little bit. But we want to be able to make sure that everybody can take away something from, uh, from the camp. And uh, I've been blessed to, to do that. Um, I think what three or four years. Um, you know, every every summer we we come together, and then we also hold a tournament um, with my my former uh, teammates from high school. Um, we call it the fifty forty shootout, and um, so that was the that was the final score to our uh, our championship game, and um, we get together and invite. You know, it's basically like a pro am. Um, you know, the guys who, you know, played in, in college or whatever, put together a team and, you know, just go out there and have fun and go at it. Um, so bringing the community together to do that. Um, yeah, there's a few other things that, that I've been working on, um, you know, and still continuously working on. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, that's great, man. I mean, I just think, you know, you know, everybody looks at LeBron and, and I'm, I'm a huge LeBron fan. You know what I mean? Huge mm -hmm. Lakers fan, huge LeBron fan. And the whole more than the athlete movement, um, I think it's big. Like, it's not just a slogan. I think it's a big thing. And, you know, whether you guys are like LeBron level or, you know, whatever level, the fact that, you know, uh, you know, you guys make it from out the community, whether, you know, no matter the community, but just be able to fight through, scrap, uh, be competitive enough, you know, take the lumps and then still be able to come back and like give that back. Like, you know, yeah. you could drive through in a nice car and you know, you could do all of that. You know, you could hand out shoes or whatever, mm -hmm. but to actually uh, put that time in um, and reinvest is something that, you know, some kids will never leave that community. You yeah. might be the only outlet to what else is going on outside. So right. uh, I think it's important uh, that that you guys are out there uh, playing that role, and, and and I commend you for uh, for for having a long-standing uh, camp that's that's not just focused on uh, learning learning a crossover, but also uh, you know focused on financial literacy mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and and civics. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So I think as part of this show, as we talk to athletes, I want to make sure that people can walk away from kind of not understanding like just how good you guys are as athletes. Like we can talk about that; it's yeah. very important, but it's like we bring so much more to the table man like no, you know what i mean like y'all bring so much more to the table and especially the ones that are like well traveled that haven't necessarily had a silver spoon in their mouths because through all those experiences i can only imagine man like you probably have like seen so much more stuff than than, than your typical uh, contemporaries um yeah. have that have been in the league so one question i do want to ask though uh outside of just doing stuff for the community for yourself personally um seeing these different countries being in these different cities and then having that Stanford degree, have you taken on any uh, business ventures or looked at any business opportunities in different cities and whatnot, man? Uh, not necessarily in, in different cities okay. and stuff. Um, you know, for me, like, 
when it comes to business, I want to be able to make sure that, you know, I'm fully immersed and, and know exactly what's going on. Um, it's, right. I know a lot of people are quick to jump into things, um, you know, and that's, that's an easy way to, to, to lose a lot of money. especially. Right. Um, but I did start a clothing line. I launched a clothing line um, this year in August. Um, something, you know, passion project for myself. I always wanted to do since I was a kid. Um, What's it called, man? Pump it I up. Named, yeah, no, I named it Volhard. Um, it means perseverance in both Afrikaans and Dutch. And, um, you know, yeah, it's just, for me, it was about being able to put together a message, something that I've been able to, um, something that's, that's that I've held dear to my heart, you know, perseverance and throughout my journey. Like, I've had to persevere through a lot and being able to um, kind of put that message into clothing and have it represented in that way. Um, it's something that I thought was pretty cool and um, we'll dope. continue to put out stuff and, and um, you know, make it look good and all that. So, yeah. No, that's real. Yeah, wear that perseverance on your chest at all times. Man, no doubt. You know, and look, um, you know, we XLs, you know, I'm an XL, you know what I mean? My man, I don't know, I don't know what Lape running around with nowadays, you know what I mean? But, you know, when that, whenever that perseverance package come through, you know what I mean? I'll throw that on for y'all. No doubt. <laughs> nah, no doubt, no doubt. Definitely got, definitely got support the black businesses for sure, fam. Definitely got support yeah. it. And um, I seen, like I said, I seen during the off season, um, you've been promoting the business. Um, mm -hmm. And it it's dope because I remember the conversation we had um, I know Mac asked you, I know you had some time to think, what did this off season mean to y'all with this whole pandemic? Because I know you're playing for Golden State, but I remember I was texting you and you said there was a disease in China yeah. that I got to come back home to the States with. Like, what was the whole thought process of, you know, going to China, beating it, beating the disease and catching it and then coming to the States and just being like locked down? Yeah. So like when I was in China, like I never thought that it would get like it would come to America, you know what I mean? Um, or at least be as relevant to our lives, you know what I mean? Um, and affect us the way that it has. And boy, was I wrong, man. Um, you know, I thought I was escaping one one nightmare and, you know, it ended up being a whole nother. But um, yeah, it was like, it, it was an adjust, adjustment period for everybody. You know, everybody's felt the effects of, you know, what's going on in 20, you know, it was beginning of, or end of 2019, beginning of 2020. And, um, we're still feeling it. But um, it was an opportunity for us to kind of reflect and, um, you know, but also like figure out the things that matter. You know what I mean? Um, you know, you focus on your family, your health, and um, your faith, you know, at the end of the day. Um, and, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of like how I approached it. And, you know, I wanted to make sure that I was being productive with my time. Um, I took a class while I was, um, you know, had some time off. I, you know, started you know, working on my business and all that. And also just, you know, working on my, my overall health, like I said, um, you know, and, and, and reading and, you know, trying to stay strong with my faith and everything and, and stay tight with my family. So, yeah, it was just an opportunity that that's how I look at it. When it, when things kind of pop up, man, it's an opportunity for you to grow and, and get better. Um, especially when you can't control some certain situations, you know what I mean? Um, you definitely have to find, um, that silver lining and find that positive, 
um, or else, you know, it's a waste, you know, we don't want to, we don't want to waste um, opportunities of time. So definitely, um, you know, not ideal to be in, in the predicament that we are in right now, but, um, you know, it's always an opportunity to grow and, and, and learn and, you know, hopefully stay healthy and, and keep persevering. Yeah, man, uh, just kind of on the heels of that, before we kind of close it out, you know, especially kind of just being a baller in, um, in this pandemic uh, world now. I mean, how is this, I mean, how has life changed for you? I mean, uh, I know they're, they're, they're kind of doing some different things with the G League this year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think they're in the bubble thing. Obviously, uh, the season is coming to, I think, 71 or 72 games uh, for, the, for, for the NBA. Um, you know, what, what is the landscape look like now that the pandemic has kind of like settled in just like for, for you guys that are kind of fringe guys? I mean, how, how does that change your lives at all? Or is it just still just about business and let the chips fall where they may? Yeah. I mean, there's certain things that we don't know is going to, what's going to happen. You know, there's things that we can't control, you know, it might, something might happen and they could, you know, God forbid, knock on wood, you know, they shut everything down again, you know, um, you know, we, we, we can't do anything about that, but I just know that we talked about being prepared and, you know, that work ethic and making sure that you're ready for every opportunity. That's where I'm at. You know what I mean? Um, you know, if they, wherever they're playing, I'll be there. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's, how I kind of, that's how I'm looking at it, you know, and I'm approaching real ball player. That's a real ball player attitude. Like I'll be yeah, there. Man, like, it's like, no it's like, you know, you play in a park in, in the summertime, you hear about the, you know, they playing down at whatever. All right. We there. Yeah. Right. <laughs> they shut that down. We going somewhere else. You know what I mean? That's how, that's how I approach it, man. It's like, uh, I love this game and, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate to be able to call it a job uh, at the end of the day. I just want to hoop, man. That's it. That's it. Well, nah, nah, man. I'm gonna uh, shift it over a lot, but let's do the last question. I know y'all got your your Wizards ties from back in the day. <laughs> I'm, gonna let, I'm gonna let y'all close it out, man. But I do want to tell you, I really do appreciate you taking the time um, in the midst of all of this, brother. Uh, stay safe uh, in OKC. Um, you know, continue to push and, and strive and 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 keep keep pushing the boundaries, man. Because obviously. Like you said, if the game's going on, you're going to be there. And the fact of the matter is, is that cats that have that kind of perseverance and strive, man, usually great things happen. So uh, continue to wish you nothing but best on your journey, brother. Go ahead, Lop, close it out. Yeah, man. No, it's uh, Mac alluded to, man, like staying, staying through that journey. You've done it since high school, growing up in Rock Island and, you know, going to Stanford and, you know, did that, did you, you went to the tournament, the NIT, all of that stuff, the NBA overseas. It's been crazy. But throughout that throughout this journey, um, there's a question we usually ask. And I'm going to do a two-part question for you. The first part is the league, because like you said, you talked about your love for basketball. If there was a Zoom session and it was six people and you were, and you were the host, so there would be five guests left over, who would be the five guests, you know, basketball-wise, you know, on the court and off the court, their accomplishments that they achieved that you would love to, like, you know, just pick game from? Mm-hmm. Uh, man, that's a great question. You know, I feel like you put me on the spot, man. Um, but, of course, like, I would love to – these are people that I would love to just have conversations with and just kind of pick their brain, right? Um, For sure. So, Kareem is one of them. Um just, you know, of course, the on the basketball court stuff speaks for itself, but the things he's done off the court, 
um, in terms of, you know, civil rights and fighting for people, um, and especially, you know, people who look like us, um, that's, that, that's one of them. Um, I would say the same Bill Russell, um, for similar reasons. Um, Kobe, he's like, you know, God rest his soul. He's like, for me, he was like the guy, you know, that I was always watching and I wanted to be like, um, and then how I many that's, that's what three. Yep. Yep. Okay. Um, oof, I would say magic, uh, magic Johnson, just because, you know, again, the basketball stuff speaks for itself, but he's been able to do some amazing things, um, on the business side. Um, so to be able to speak to him, that would be great. Um, and then Jordan, man, is like, go, right? Like, so, <laughs> you know, any knowledge you'd be able to pick from him, I'm um, sure it'd be helpful. Yeah. Yeah. And then I wanted to uh, shift that over. I know you studied African-American studies at Stanford. So I know mm -hmm. you got a deep background. Who are like just six people you could just have in a room just to, you know, learn about life and their journeys and put it onto your life? Uh, let's see, I would say, uh, Malcolm X, Barack Obama. And why, and why though, Chase? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Malcolm X, um, again, it's like, um, his, his story, his journey, um, you know, and, and what he's meant to the whole movement and, you know, revolutionaries around the world and and all of that I think it would be really interesting to, to, to talk to him um, Barack Obama uh, he's definitely one of them that I would want to speak with and, and pick his brain with um, just because like he's again uh, first black president and what he's um, kind of gone through, you know, that, that I'm sure that eight years was, <laughs> was wild, man. Uh, <laughs> Mac and I talk about that all the time. Tom. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, who else? That's two. I would say maybe like Oprah. Um, I'm sure she's seen a lot, you know, with the whole television side and, you know, business side. Um, that's three. Maybe like Rosa Parks. I feel like she would be um, somebody that I would like to talk to as well, just because like, you know, her her, her involvement with the civil rights movement and um, being a woman and what that was like and all of that. And then Denzel Washington, man. Uh, he's like, to me, he's an interesting dude, to be honest. Uh, you know, you hear about, or you watch the movies and you see the things that you know, he puts on the screen, but, you know, I've heard stories from, you know, people outside. It was like, man, he's like one of the best people. Um, so yeah, just to be able to talk to him, that'd be cool. That's one of my guys too, Jason. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah principal oriented dude. I'd be interested in picking his brain for sure. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, with that being the case, man, we're going to go ahead and sign this off. We're going to let Jason get back to that business. Brother, yes, we appreciate sir. we appreciate you being here, man, taking that time. And uh, like I said, man, you're always welcome to join the outlet whenever, man. And we, and we just we just wish you nothing but a safe and peaceful journey, brother. 
With that being said, another episode of The Outlet is a wrap. We out. Peace.